Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Mike Florio stirring the pot once again about a Justin Jefferson trade. I'm Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings, and I'm excited to draw on quarter Sam for even bringing this up. I'm Arif Hassan with Pro Football Network, and I learned today you don't need studio lights. You just need more computer monitors. That and many other great life lessons on today's Minnesota football party. Locked on Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota football party. It's your guys hanging out talking next level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings' Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. It is the final full week without training camp. We made it. Almost. It's the Minnesota Football Party, a new week, Monday, July 17th. Welcome in. I'm Sam Ekstrom. I'm at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter. I'm part of the Ron Johnson Show. This show and Minnesota Sports Rankum here on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Endless Vikings talk, local experts. And those local experts include Luke Braun, Locked On Vikings host, at Luke Braun NFL. And Arif Hassan, Pro Football Network at Arif Hassan NFL. Thank you for joining us today, gentlemen. Vikings talk for the next hour or so. We're talking trade value on the Minnesota Vikings and Justin Jefferson's trade value, to be specific. Luke's going to get upset at me about that one. And we're also going to talk about camp, which, guys, we are like 12 days away from a padded practice, I think. It is coming fast. Training camp, Egan, fans in the stands, pads popping. It's on the way. A little bit of camp preview talk on today's show, which is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more. Go to FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started and find Locked On Sports Minnesota for free on YouTube. Please subscribe. Please comment. Help other people find the show and find us free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And that now includes the Sirius XM app. Uh, Luke Braun, I trust you had a good weekend. Why are you so upset at Mike Florio for raising the obvious and 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 who wouldn't ask the question if the Vikings are going to trade Justin Jefferson? Uh, look, I live in a perpetual state of a little bit at least upset at Mike Florio. Just always there's a Base, little bit in baseline. The yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty fair. I think. Uh, I had not heard of this before you you brought up on the show, and I cannot find this. Where is where did uh, okay, he say so this? Okay, so this is this is how I found it in a in a mailbag or Q and A where he answers a question about Justin Jefferson's trade value. I clicked on it. The video didn't play. I realized I had JavaScript turned off. Figured not worth my time, and I X'd out. So I didn't actually watch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But that's, right. that's you're, my point. Are Minnesota fans here. like this? Like, I, Florio's a Vikings you, fan, which is why he did. Like, what? Yes. What do you mean, every, why are they like this? What kind of question? Enjoy is that? anything once before you start talking about when it will leave you. Beca- because, because enjoyment creates the opportunity for the emotional damage of mm-hmm. having that taken away yes. from you. No one else is emotionally so damaged. Never no. enjoying and anything. And then you hedge against yourself. By imagining that being taken away from you so that you can prepare for when that happens. Uh, it's on, called on pre-grieving, paper, Luke. Say pre-grieving. <laughs> you're, you're grieving so much you just live in a constant state of misery. Hey, if yes. a funeral is every day, I'll never get hurt. <laughs> uh, kind of, yeah. Because you don't have your funeral already planned? Here's the thing. You could get punched in the face. That would suck. Or... You could punch yourself in the face. That would suck less. It's it's like wearing a seatbelt every single day. Or would you rather be punched in the face once? That is the only. You want to protect yourself all the other days and go, hey, I didn't get punched in the face. From the risk of the airbag going off. In other words, Justin Jefferson being traded. You're trying. I'm just saying. 
I'm just saying, look, you punch yourself once every day in the face, it's fine. And then you won't get punched. But if you if you were like, hey, it was a great day. I did not get punched in the face. And then out of nowhere, someone clocks you in the temple. That's worse. I'm sorry. <laughs> what about all the days where that doesn't happen? Yeah, that just set up how bad the day it did happen happened. <laughs> okay. I want you to try go for like a uh, a week, punch yourself in the face every day, report back, and let me know how your mood. You changes. think I don't do that already? <laughs> what do you think the beard is covering up? It's <laughs> like the, the indentation on his jawline where he's repeatedly clocking himself. So okay, so so how did Florio? Because again, I did not actually yeah. watch the video. How did Florio cover this? Is this one what of those things say? where like, what well, he could be. Like? We don't know with it. But... So <laughs> this was my journey. What his trade value would be. Arif, yeah, Arif explained his journey to find it in JavaScript <laughs> and all that. This is my journey. Um, I li- uh, a little cafe in on I think Friday where they were playing back the audio of Florio uh, talking about this. I missed most of the segment, didn't have the full context. I went to look for it. I too struggled to find it, but if not for one video of Florio doing a mailbag addressing the possibility and not so much reporting this as a possibility or saying that he's heard it, but just wondering out loud if they are like dragging their feet on this negotiation because they want this to be on the table in the next year or so. That is the source of this. Dragging their feet is like clearly not what's happening. Like have any 2020 founders signed their, not done their deal yet. They they look like well not many because um, it was Joe Burrow hasn't signed right um, first round I feel like it's only been like guys that don't have a fifth year option has, has, has any single I, I would I would rounder? imagine some guys in the first round have signed extensions I don't know who yet but um, I would say like it's pretty clear that the Vikings have decided to like wait a year I, that like dragging their feet kind of implies that they're slow rolling negotiations when it seems very much like both parties have just shelved negotiations, which I think is just a, yeah. Like a the different... window just, just opened, right? Yeah. Like there's, there's probably plenty of time and I don't know if they're necessarily waiting a year. I I'm not convinced that they are, but if they did, would that tick you off a little bit? If you're Justin Jefferson, because you're eligible um, why would you wait? You're probably like going to be the one that wants expensive. to wait more than the Vikings. Uh, yeah, if I were Justin Jefferson, I would absolutely, especially because I would not have experience with injury as Justin Jefferson. So, yeah. like, yeah, I would absolutely, I would want the receiver market to be as expansive as possible wait in for a Jamar Chase environment to that, maybe yeah. sign his deal next year. Right. Again, the Bengals could wait too, but. Uh, right, but like let, let that receiver because because right now the standard is thirty million a year, right? That's the Tyree Kill contract, if I yeah. remember correctly. Yeah. So if you wait until say April first or April second, after the first couple of waves of free agency, and the next receiver market has been set, now it's thirty five million. That's the baseline, right. and you're the top receiver in the like you're top receiver in the NFL. Madden just ranked you in ninety nine. Right, like your negotiating leverage got to be worth in something. Your mind is yeah, pretty high. Yeah. Like in theory, you could have oh god, you only had a twelve hundred yard season, and maybe you're not going to be able to get thirty seven. You're only going to get thirty five, whatever. Right, but more likely you are going to expand the final numbers with another year in another cap environment with other standards by which you can set your negotiation against. So I think if I'm Justin Jefferson, I would absolutely want to wait because. In my experience, long-term security at the moment is like not a huge concern. I want that number as high as possible. He also he is, is not he, like this. He's not waiting to make his real boy money. Like he he's got endorsements. Oh, yeah. He has got all like his whole brand is is already exploded to the point where he is making the gajillions that an nfl superstar is, makes is, this, is so there this like contract a bigger, is i'm gonna no sound like a him. real old man for a second and that's just mm-hmm. gonna happen i'm living with that but is there like a bigger hit among nfl players among zoomers like honestly maybe Gronk. i said nfl players yeah <laughs> <laughs> i am not talking about the top 
fourth grade recruit in the country. <laughs> Luke, Luke Ron, like yeah, I'm so, so offline that you had some very alarming tweets about Baby Gronk a few weeks ago that I had just were was so <laughs> far removed from understanding. <laughs> Well, I, I think was, I was saying he was like found in a hotel living. dead in Miami or something. Yeah, that was like, alarming. That was yeah. amazing. I love those. I wish I understood. Um, no, you don't. Actually, you don't wish that. Nope. You're you're in a good all place. I know, Leave that one to the kids. All I know is that I've seen Gen Alpha. Baby Gronk <laughs> and Justin Jefferson in yeah. headlines with Livy uh-huh. Dunn at different times. And I don't yeah. know how there's overlap yep. there. They both have an Don't LSU connection. Ah. Baby Gronk does? Uh sure. In the lore. <laughs> um uh to, all right. to answer the question, I do not know if there is another like I, I think of all of the players in college who like started doing because he was still in college when NIL started, or was he already nope. out of it? Mm-hmm. Oh no. no. So he just he just started doing brand deals right away when he like exploded week three of yeah. his rookie year. Then. Don't you remember? Right. He was so busy doing brand deals, he couldn't show up to minicamp. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. So hey, we don't need to do a contract. I'll just go make my why money is, in Miami. Yeah, like, why is he here about an NFL contract, man? Yeah, <laughs> and I should say OTAs. He was at minicamp. OTAs. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Vikings NFL go. player in Fortnite, man. He's doing fine. <laughs> and you know what? And if he plays the, the unselfish card, if he doesn't, you know, raise a stink about the contract, has another big year, comes to the table again, that might actually play into his hands if he if he does hold off and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, puts together a fourth consecutive season of that caliber. But even if he didn't, even if he had like an eight-game injury along the way, his priors are so strong and he's still so young, I'm not sure it would even matter I mean, it, it really um, that does much. depend on the injury, but yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably going to be fine. But let's say, guys, Vikings go four and thirteen. They go into the offseason with no quarterback, uh, no edge rushers, no left guard, no wide receiver two. All those guys move on. Uh Justin Jefferson's unsigned. Jordan Addison is still very much under contract next year. I want to make that clear. Okay. All right. Jordan Addison. I for what it's worth, might be the wide You're receiver. You're not allowed two. to enjoy him though, because he'll leave eventually. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. For yeah. sure. Can they yeah. Um, but what everything is... he does every time he gets a touchdown, you don't get to celebrate. The wisest among us will say, "Yeah, but he'll be gone in twenty twenty seven, you know, yeah, the ones who punch themselves in the face. but yeah. if if Justin, let's just say he gets his betting line total, like fourteen hundred yards, so a a very good by all NFL wide receiver standards. Season. yeah, that, that's probably third in the league in receiving. <laughs> yeah, and so, everyone's, you know, yeah. everyone's probably mad at him. Uh, yeah. so what's his trade value at that point? At least you first, right? One would think. I, I I feel like if it doesn't definitely get my franchise a serious quarterback, it like that's the starting point. Like it, it has to be either equip right, yeah, me to it, get a quarterback or just give me a quarterback. And and I, I'm not talking about Derek Carr here. I'm talking about you know get me a a top three draft pick or just like trade me your quarterback. Okay, there's no quarterback that you could trade for that qualifies oh, I guess we're not as more them. serious than Derek Carr, right? Like, no one is trading. Like, that, like, exactly. Is, That's like, what no I'm getting is, at. Yeah, she's like, no one's trading a franchise quarterback for a franchise receiver. So, yeah. Oh, no. Um, yeah, be serious. <laughs> but, no. Uh, but, In this but discussion like, about trading Justin Jefferson, well, no, I no, absolutely will not be it, serious. It's it's interesting because it like kind of like I know that Bill Simmons used to do this. I know that Bill Barnwell did something kind of like this, where they did trade value rankings of players, mm-hmm. where they took into account the contract and the position. So you have a top 100 of players, but instead of just kind of going off of vibes, you're like, who's going to get the most trade value? Who's second? Who's fourth? And it, it it's just a way of determining what that player's uh, contribution to the team that they're on is, which is just another way of ranking players. So instead of looking at the best player in the NFL, right, you're taking a look at the literal most valuable player in the NFL based on their contract and what they do for their team. And so um, where Justin Jefferson would rank, you know, obviously it's probably behind like at least 12 quarterbacks, but um, he's probably the top one after all 12 of those quarterbacks. That, that to me is worth a couple of firsts at least. And that's that's a minimum. I think that 
Um, you would want a shot at a draft pick of a quarterback. I think you're right about that, Luke. And so it obviously depends on the team that you're trading with, right? Like two firsts from the Kansas City Chiefs would be paltry. Pointless. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but especially no, like that, that team would be insane. Like it's already Super Bowl favorites, but <laughs> yeah. then you're thinking, like, <laughs> you can never find the team that, that has, yeah. like in the Devontae Adams deal, like you got to find the team that has a really mediocre quarterback that delusionally thinks the wide receiver will put them over the top. You got to find the Derek Carr team to trade him to. Yeah. Since it'll I be mean, after next year, like who, who is of like the 2021 class that will still think that? That will still think what? That will, oh, like, that will like, feel like, like they're, they're, they've got a quarterback going into their fourth year and they'll feel like this is certainly the year he will break out. This right. is Mac Jones's year. <laughs> sure. Yeah. This, I mean, this is Trey Lance's year. <laughs> yeah. It would never for, be for whichever Chicago. team trades for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Plenty so, of, yeah. There's plenty of young, bad quarterbacks in the NFC. I mean, there'd be no shortage in the NFC. Right. I mean, yeah, that's kind of the issue. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm just. I'm still. I'm thinking of like David Stern appearing out of nowhere and vetoing a trade to the Chiefs. My brain is still. (laughs) 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 The hologram of David Stern. Petition Congress to make this not possible. AI. AI is very a very strong tool. I'm sure we can make this happen. But yeah, I mean, uh, you you would need to uh, like figure out kind of the team that's being traded to. Like, if you were going to trade them to the Rams, you'd be like, "Yeah, okay, I could see them picking pretty high." So you know, we could take just just two firsts from them. But you know, if it's the Chiefs, you're like, ah, "I'm going to need three firsts and two of your best non Mahomes players." Like, you know what I mean? Like that's like. like and that'll give us the trade assets to trade up into the top five with our own first round pick. Like that's kind of what you would need to do. Yeah. It's so hard to imagine it like ever act like any realistic scenario where it turns out like profitably, which is why this feels like such an unserious conversation. Which two players from the chiefs would you take in that scenario? Like three firsts and you get two players from the chiefs. You don't want Kelsey, right? He's probably too old by then. Right? Yeah. Plus, I mean, I'm sure he would veto it. He's like, why would I? I'm out. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, I this is not a positional value, but I would like uh, Joe Tooney. That wouldn't be bad. Eh, okay, I get it. That's fine. Who else? Who's the second? Always McKinnon. I, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, we, we throw McKinnon as a throw in. <laughs> McKin- McKinnon gets to be part of it ceremonially. Yeah. What about Karloftis? Yeah. <laughs> no. Why? He just he just has to be good first. Like the contract's great, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> he he could be about to be good. You could probably take one of those corners, right? Those corners are very good. Sneed. Like, you're like with Sneeds and Watsons and all them. McDuffie. First round pick. Oh, McDuffie. Actually, that's hey, now I'm on board. Thuny McDuffie, three firsts. Bye, JJ. There is there's someone on the Chiefs named DiCaprio Boodle. <laughs> Yeah. No, wait, hold on. Oh, I thought no, it was you Booty it. for a second. Boodle. No, it's Boodle. DiCaprio Boodle. Mm-hmm. That you guy's throw him be, in with McKinnon? That guy's got to come back in the trade. Yeah. <laughs> so, four players. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the man named DiCaprio. Um, is, there, is there a rule? That's not the interesting the... part of that name. I'm sorry, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Both names equally interesting and fun Not to equally. Definitely equally. DiCaprio? Yeah. Um, so now I've got now I've got Haley and Arda stuck in my head. She likes me for me. Leonardo's got a big movie coming out. Um, so is there a rule in the NFL like the NBA, like where you can't trade consecutive firsts? Is that just the NBA? I didn't even know you couldn't do that in the NBA. But no, no pretty, there's no such thing. Sure like it has to be like three years out. Or, or yeah, no, no more than you can't three trade more out. than three is what you're saying, yeah, right? You, yeah. Like you can't trade a 2026 draft pick until the 2023 draft like began. Yeah, mm-hmm. got it. All right. Um, who else? Actually, after this, we're going to talk about other trade values, more realistic trade values on the Vikings roster. If things go terribly for the Vikings before the first of November, 
uh, who might actually be a legit trade piece at the deadline. We'll talk about that after a word from FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. You can make every moment more at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. You can bet baseball. You can bet the Twins tonight in Seattle if you'd like. They are underdogs at plus 120. Get a little plus money on Sonny Gray pitching for the Twins. And if you're a new customer, you can get 10 times your initial bet in bonus bets back. So bet 20, get 200 in bonus bets. Win or lose, it's a great promotion, one of many at FanDuel. Safe, secure, easy to use app. And when you win, you get paid instantly. No better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. FanDuel.com slash locked on the website. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get those bonus bets. It's FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, trade values. Minnesota Vikings. Deadline approaches. Vikings are two and six. Who they dealing and what are they fetching in return? I will start with Neil Hunter, Marcus Davenport. The two edge guys might be both on one-year deals. Uh, could be a Yannick Ngakwe situation. Arif, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, D- Daniel Hunter was the first name that popped up when when you mentioned potentially trading away Vikings players midway through the season. I think that's probably kind of where you uh, put yourself. Uh, otherwise, maybe Harrison Smith, um, you know, just to get uh, some Gut final punch. value out of that. But yeah. Um, and then that defense would essentially like without Daniel Hunter, Harrison Smith, the defense would look essentially unrecognizable from three years ago. Right. Um, actually, yes, it would, there's, I don't think there's anybody left after that. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that's probably it. You wouldn't trade any of the people on rookie contracts. I don't think you wouldn't trade any of the new acquisitions like Byron Murphy. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of anybody on offense, maybe maybe KJ, but like, what, what would he fetch anyway? Probably not enough to justify it. What about an unsigned TJ Hawkinson an unextended TJ Hawkinson? I thought about that. I don't love it. He's like young enough that he would be part of any next window. I mean, so is Hunter, but Hunter seems much more willing to like leave. And so mm-hmm. that's one where you're more willing to play around with, with that trade. But Hawkinson, I just think that like, it is a little bit harder to find Hawkinson than Hunter, even though Hunter's a better player. I don't know how to put it. Yeah, Maybe there's a scarcity. Vikings. There's also something to uh, Hawkinson is a quasi acquisition, and Harrison Smith is somebody that was already here when he got there. I, mm-hmm. I don't that doesn't like factor into the general value of those players, but I do feel like it's more likely that you're going to move somebody you didn't pick than someone you like hand chose and made a move for. Yeah. So who do you think has the most value of those that we mentioned that are realistic? Probably like, let's say that halfway through the season, probably Hunter. Yeah. After yeah. he's demonstrated capability yet. If he and Davenport both have six sacks, um, trade Hunter for a second. Um, I bet you could trade Davenport though for a third or fourth. If if he gets six sacks in half a season, yeah, it feels like that quells a lot of the reasons that his value would not be very high right now. Exactly. Yeah. I think you get at least a second, and the only reason you wouldn't get more is because of the length of the contract. Yeah. Um, if he was extended, then I think you could get a first, right? Because yeah, like, I, what did Khalil Mack go for? Like two firsts and a second, something like that. Some crazy. Uh, which time? <laughs> it was definitely multiple the firsts. It wasn't the there. A, yeah, wasn't yeah there it was a player it, involved too. A lot, probably. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was quite a bit. Um, but if, if he's extended, right, if you're trading a better contract, a long, a longer term contract, then yeah, I think you'd be able to six acts on pace for 12, um, after having yeah. like the pressure totals that he's had and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I think that you could get him for at least a first, not a Cleo Mack type trade, but at least a first, uh, to the bears, it was two firsts and a second back or two firsts and a third with a second back with the second and some later on stuff. Yeah. yeah. As a quick aside, did you guys notice that Harrison Smith was completely left off the ESPN top 10 safety list based on executives and NFL personnel votes? And he wasn't even an honorable mention or receiving votes. Classic. The not honorable mention one is a little bit surprising, right? which also means, I guess, not receiving votes is a little bit surprising to me, but not top 10. 
not enormously shocking. I guess if I were to put together a safety list, I might. And I did put together a safety list. I don't remember where I ranked him. But um, I, I wouldn't say that that's a surprise or anything like that. I know that Brian O'Neill was left off the top 10 um, and was an honorable mention, but I don't know if that was exclusively at right tackle or across the NFL at all tackle positions. Where did I, I saw an aggregation of it? Darisaw right. is in the top 10. Okay. Yeah. Darisaw is uh, certainly, this is, I wouldn't even think, this is super unrealistic. Darisaw would have massive trade value. Yeah. Yeah. That that would make me question what exactly the plan is. <laughs> what plan do you have that Darisaw doesn't need to be a part of it? That uh, Maybe he wants to go back to the East Coast. <laughs> he wants out. It's flyover country. <laughs> yeah. He just loves Virginia, man. <laughs> we laugh. Wait till he gets a contract. People will be saying it. I mean, yeah. Protect yourself, right? Got to yep. punch yourself first. <laughs> You got to be first to the punch. I don't know what to say. Got to be first to the punch. Is that, is that where that phrase is from? That's where that originated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But yeah, so obviously, <laughs> Derisaw is homesick. So you trade him to Washington, right? The place where he right. would thrive, right? A place where players famously want to go desperately. Yeah, exactly. You know, and homesick. And then, too. then Jefferson, you trade to the Saints, and then everyone's like mad forever because of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. That's what All we right. deserve. Knee-jerk prediction. How many <laughs> trades will Quasi execute between now and my birthday, November 5th? Uh, zero. After the trade deadline. Right. Uh, I think there will be a couple on cut down day. Random little ones. I'll say two. Like fourth round. Not even like sixth seven. round for conditional seventh. Yeah. Conditional seventh for trades, a guy that's yeah. going to get cut week three. Yeah. The answer last year was four. Yeah. Well, because there's the, the Jesse Davis away, Ross Blacklock in. Uh, Rager. If we're including all the way to the trade deadline. Yeah, oh, yeah. Rager and then, and then Hawkinson. Hawkinson. Yeah. Um, I don't see a Hawkinson style trade coming. I mean, it would be fun. It's just good content. Yeah. Um, but I don't see a Hawkinson style trade. I could see like them trying to like scrape the bottom of the barrel in terms of value, like the Jesse Davis trade to try and just like, there's a market for this guy. We might as well. We might as well. I could see that. Um, a lot of the, it feels like teams just don't put in that effort, um, which I'm not. That's not like a teams are lazy. Teams are famously not lazy, <laughs> but like. It's just maybe your effort calling GMs to try and extract that last second of value could be better spent elsewhere, right? Like I'm not saying, but it seems like teams generally don't try to extract that like minimal value for like bubble players that could make the roster for most teams, but are not for whatever reason going to be able to make the roster for your team. They're just like, yeah, let's cut them. There are a couple of contract situations that could happen uh, that, that could go down that way. Like I was just looking at say, let's say like Dean Lowry has a really bad camp. And it's like this this Dayton Jones thing where like, oh, wow, this dude like actually sucks. And he's not even going to make the team. But trading him is significantly more cap efficient than cutting him. So you might then do the, the Jesse Davis move, which is why Jesse Davis got traded instead of cut. Because of the cap implications of having Gary, yeah, take he on. had like yeah. half of his money was in guaranteed base salary. So they just gave him to someone else and said, give us whatever draft pick makes this legal. <laughs> draft capital next year for the Vikings. Line. In terms of what could they give for a Hawkinson type deal, they've got a one, two, four, uh, fives, I believe, or no, just one five. Well, they gave sixes. one up in the Rager deal, so I think it's one. And they got one back, they got one back down. in Zedarius, and they got one in, uh, I think they traded. Uh, down there was another draft day trade, draft, yeah, yeah. So I want to say one fifth after all, all, all that sixth and no seventh so it's not like a they, it's not a plethora of riches they do have that two if they wanted to to swing that for a hawkinson deal did anyone from the vikings get hired as a head coach or general manager somewhere <laughs> maybe that would help throwing a third you know <laughs> is it surprising that rick spielman isn't working you know like others for us other than the 30 i don't want to diminish the 33rd team you, yeah, you. you meant for a team. I understand. Yeah. How often is it that general managers get a second crack? It seems fairly third rare. crack. 
but oh, not right. at, right. not even yeah. in that position, but just yeah. as something. I, I, I think if feels... he wanted to, he could. It, it feels yeah. like he is trying to do the media thing, and he doesn't want to go back into a team right now. Yeah, and and it it is pretty rare for a GM to take like an assistant GM job. Like obviously, the Vikings have one with Grigson, but like it's it's not very common. And like, like he could probably go get a job with the Broncos with a phone call. Yeah, easily. So, little camp preview talk. Camp starts in like ten days. Very exciting. I want to know who the stars of camp are going to be. Uh, and those that will sustain the stars that are legit. And then there's always the the shooting stars, right, that expire very quickly, but they produce a lot of hype in week one. I think of Cam Dantzler, thinking of B.C. Johnson, thinking of Andrew Booth last year. Uh, let's start with the overhype stars. Luke Braun, give me a name. Who's going to wow? Who's going to gather all the headlines? Who's going to be talked about segment one of Locked On Vikings next Friday <laughs> and then cease to exist about a week after that. Cease to exist. Cease to exist. Uh, it's got to be a receiver because of how yeah. bad the corner room is. It's Naylor. Sorry. He's going he's gonna to kill some twos and then just kind of be a wide receiver four that gets like one rep a game. That's that's more damaging than the one I was going to pick, Christian Jackson. But like, okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. There'll be some like third team receive some like Malik Knowles that like gets a really cool preseason touchdown, but actually wasn't good all preseason and gets cut. And we're all like, what happened? We lost him. We, we, we lost him. Yeah. Yeah. Knowles Slaughter is my guy too. <laughs> cool. All right. Arif, yeah. any, Taylor. any names to nominate? Well, I Tristan. Christian Jackson. Oh, Tristan's yeah. your guy. Yeah. Uh, my guy, my my guy to fail. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just feel like you know he's got familiarity with the offense with Cousins. He does a pretty good job against the twos. I just feel like he's perfectly set up to fail. How about the kicker? I feel like we've had this in the past where the the backup kicker or challenger has a very fast start, and we're usually super eager to move on from the previous guy. What, so what does a if fast the kick start look like. For a kicker, not not missing kicks. seven and I mean, seven and no pads practice. <laughs> seven. I mean, it, all the beat writers like standing there, I, like writing down each. I tracking every the, kick is so. Have, it's your, your Twitter timeline fills up with like, and yeah, he made it forty three fifty. Getting hyped for Pod Lesney from like forty seven right brain. hash. Yeah, good. Was it Riley Patterson that like didn't even get to kick? He was like hurt for two uh, weeks and then they cut him. Uh, he did not get to kick in OTAs in mini camp. Training camp, I feel like he got real close to kicking and maybe did get a couple of kicks in, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, I want to say right? that last yeah, year, somewhere. Patterson's had a yeah, nice little career. Gabe Burkich got cut before camp last That's year. Right. He didn't yeah. even have the competition. Yeah. So the I fact think I they put kept him on my 53 around. too. I was like, yeah, Gabe Burkich. <laughs> yeah, Greg guy. Joseph. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Vikings would have had like 500 pounds of specialists between Ryan Wright and Gabe Burkich. It would have been electric. What what, what could have been? With, yeah. The, the linebacker the amount, specialists would have been nice. With the amount that Greg Joseph is guaranteed, it does not feel like this is a serious competition. Yeah, you got to keep your Rolodex updated. Which is, yeah. That, that kind of feels like what that says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a big mistake, I think. I, I, I thought the exact kicker? same way yeah, about I mean, Joseph. Yeah. Hey, he kicked some game winners. So that's how you yeah. know he's good. It's, it's right. He's clutch. Clutch. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's interesting. But uh, cornerback-wise, I would look to um, like Makai Blackman. I feel like there's always a rookie. We're always trying to cling to who's new, who's fresh, uh, who can we latch on to as the hope, the great hope for the future. And if Makai Blackman has a good start, he's playing a little inside-outside, has about all it takes is what two pass deflections, Braun, for the Twitter machine to get going, for people to retweet. There's going to be a video from the stands. Makai Blackman shuts down KJ Osborne on a rep. That's all it takes to generate. He had a good practice, right? Mm. The, the bar is set so low that well, I so could he, see, he, he could, could get corner is kind of like that too, where like you mm -hmm. ha you can make one play all day and you had a good day. Well, so he he could have two pass deflections on KJ Osborne or half a pass deflection on Justin Jefferson, right? It could be like he gets yeah. his hand on the ball, 
Jefferson eventually is the one who catches it, but he's like, that was a good rep. What was he going to do about that? And we'd be like, that was a good day. I mean, he he caught the ball, but it was a good day. There's also this big difference between like, hey, you know, you had a good day in in camp and in practice because we don't expect you to. And then you actually have to like start and play and then you get beat a whole bunch. And it's like, I thought he had a good camp. It's like he had a good camp because he was in a position battle. Like for a guy, we didn't know if he was a starter or not. But now that we know he's a starter, the standard changes. So I can see that. Yeah, our, our judgment of what counts is. I mean, that that's kind of the thing that the uh, beat writers were struggling with, with Andrew Booth is kind of adjusting his performance for expectations, right? Because when he was running with the twos and then occasionally he would pop it in the ones and get like this crazy pass to bunch and be like, yeah, that's pretty good. But you know, we like he's a, he's supposed to start, so you know, I yeah. like the fact that the very next play he gave up a long touchdown to Adam Thielen, who could not replicate that feat during the season. I should add, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, maybe he had a fun camp, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It was like, interesting, maybe. Maybe we word. should take that into account. Maybe we should take into account the deep ball he just gave up to Adam Thielen. Comment below, who is your favorite short shelf life dying star? Comment on YouTube, Locked on Sports so Minnesota. <laughs> Find us also free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, uh, who's going to actually look good and actually be good long term? Who's going to? Uh, Justin Jefferson. I know that that's, I'm bold. <laughs> I know I'm putting it not out Not a there. great camp player. Not a, not a great camp enjoy editor. Him. Haven't seen a lot from him in camps. Uh, what do you, What do you think? What do you think, Braun? Uh, I was gonna go with Ivan Pace. I feel like it's really easy to like be part of an interesting blitz and then look like you made a good, uh, a good play. It'd be like very like obvious. Oh, look, Ivan Pace. He's all over the field. Doesn't, doesn't then, that make him a candidate for the previous category that we just talked about? Then no, but then he'll actually like be part of blitz packages. What if he like actually gets in and is involved in the defense and it's real? That's pretty optimistic. It, I think I'm gonna go yeah. with Andre Carter. Same reason, basically. I mean, not yeah. blitz packages, obviously, but like, you know, it's pretty easy to win against the second team tackles. It, right. It's, but it's almost get some imp- second team reps as all the first teamers are out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as, yeah. as they're holding otherwise out be, or injured. Otherwise, yeah. he'd be taking on like Allen Ali. <laughs> if, if Ivan Pace gets noticed at all, besides Luke Braun tracking who's on like kickoff team, um, I'll be really impressed because there's no position where it's more difficult to stand out than like backup linebacker at camp. You're not going to make intercept. Like it's, odds it's are so you're not going to be involved in many. At camp. Yeah. You're not going to be targeted very often. If at all, you're not going to sack the quarterback for real. You're not going to make a tackle for real. So there's not a lot you can do to make the common fan appreciate you. Um, so really all he could do was like, he could work his way into some, like first team reps. That would be the best thing he could do. Maybe there's an injury and you can tell that he's favored in the team's eyes. That's about the max that Ivan Pace can do. So I would love to see him stand out in a meaningful way because that'd be rare. What about like Brandon Powell? Because I feel like it's easy yeah. in camp to tell how the punt return job is is going. So if he's winning it, like that would be real. And also yep. like as a receiver, the bottom of that roster is like wide open. It's another thing that like if he starts getting into that fifth spot and we're going, Oh, you know, Rager might be out. That kind Powell of flashed to me at, at OTAs in minicamp. And also when you look at the way that O'Connell and cousins reacted to Rager in the documentary, screwing up his route kind of makes you think it's a regular occurrence I, that, I versus mean, compared to when Justin Jefferson was, screwed up his route. There's a little more forgiveness there. I, I'm going to twice say, in the same game too. <laughs> It was, yeah. I'm gonna say I don't think we learned anything new about Rager from the document. Like we we knew they were both frustrated with Rager in the moment and yeah. after the game. Like we like so I wouldn't say that that's like any new information. It might refresh our information that is like relevant. Like oh, this guy just is not. He doesn't get his piece and cues right. Like he's not on assignment. But you know, I I, yeah. I feel like the fact that Rager kept getting snaps after that was also significant, right? Like. And man, that is like, like, okay, so not to like rehash the documentary a lot, like Cousins is very like, um, I blame myself both for quarterback PR reasons and because he has like a tendency to beat himself up. But man, he was livid at Rager. Mm -hmm. Like, like, this just like, and I look, look, I, 
when you have like some, I'm not going to say reasonable expectation of privacy, but when you're not like in front of a microphone, right. And you just tend to forget you're, you're wired up. Like that's just what happens to NFL players and literally everybody, if they've been wired up all day. Uh, but uh, you like, I have no issue with him just being like that mf -er, man. <laughs> I have no yeah. issue. With no, that's that. totally, I mean, don't run the wrong route, man. <laughs> Yeah, you won't get yelled like, at like yeah it's like that's, 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 that's that's interception on my box score not his not yeah. my fault <laughs> calms down for like five minutes gets back out there but like yeah i just so i mean i i just feel like the fact that regger kept getting play late in the season um and they like installed these cute little goal line packages involving him for some reason um i think tells us that like they're kind of beyond that now he has no latitude to screw up in camp now but like Right. I don't know that they're as done with him as as we would as we would think. He certainly gets a chance. I, I think with Powell, it's if that is going poorly for Rager and well for Powell, it will be very easy to tell at camp, yeah. which is I think what yeah. makes me answer. No, no I, I think you're right. Mm -hmm. Um it's who else? I mean, I just I feel like edge rushers in general, it's kind of not easy, but like you get a good sense of it, right? Um with you, with you charting like the the O line D line one on ones, that's been predictive, yeah. It's been predictive. It it's it's been a little bit less predictive the past two years, hmm. um, but uh, it's generally been been very predictive of like who's going to make the team and even to some extent who might do well in the season, which is like a lesson I should have learned a little bit earlier because I was like Matt Cleo struggling against Jared Allen was like not a big deal. I don't I'm not worried about that. <laughs> 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 things you learn was that is that a 10 year old camp anecdote 2013 i mean he was struggling because what uh that would have been the last year jared allen 2013 yeah yeah yeah. yeah well because he had just coming off of like a pretty good rookie year in 2012 and i'm like i'm not yeah. worried about this yeah and it was the first inkling that something may be amiss yeah <laughs> something was awry and then he got a bad pff grade in preseason and you're not supposed to ask questions about that so what if uh, Vidarian Lowe keeps getting first team reps over Oli Udo while while O'Neill is out? What if he's sneaking into uh, one of those backup jobs? Yeah, and I think they're I mean, cross training Randall to make him yeah. more inside yeah. capable because I'm not like, I'm not convinced just, they that... just don't have guards. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah, but yeah, it's very strange. You could have, like, but it's like <laughs> Chris Reed and the Pussycats. Like, there's just no one else it's... besides Chris Reed. Yeah. It's I, there might so that's, literally that's, be that's part unless you count Oli Udo or Blake Brandell. I think there's literally yeah, Alan uh, Ali. Like, I, I just put together that's like a list it. of like 11 free agents the Vikings could sign because they've got like 18 million in cap space right now, right? Um, obviously, there's going to be extensions or they want to reserve some of that for extensions, but like one of them was a guard, like Dalton Risner is available. Like, you, yeah. like, first of yeah. all, he should be starting above Ed Ingram, period. Uh, but like second, like that's like, if, if he's your backup, you're in an insanely good spot. He could play all five positions. I'm it, uh, it is interesting that the team with Chris Cooper on it is not going after him. Okay. That's a good point. Actually. Hey, that is a good point. Quick bow on uh, the documentary, which I had not finished as of last recording. Uh, you guys had, I loved the Colts footage whole game like everything about the Colts game was great post game was awesome and maybe it's because yes. I'm a dad but the the footage with his son get, just getting the strawberries on his plate and him like rejecting the chicken finger and then the dad being like no like you're gonna put you, I'm gonna put one on just in case you want it and then getting his cookies oh, that was saying, funny I love that mo like funny. good moderation son one cookie like just just that <laughs> relatable scene to me I was like oh man I love Kirk dad. Like, that, that was, was that was, that was very best. cute. Like the kid, like, I don't want any chicken fingers and Kirk being like, I know better. I, I know what's going to happen in like 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> this has happened a lot. <laughs> I mean, okay. I will say like the, so um, I already mentioned what I thought was like the most human moment from Kirk, which I already forgot what I said it was. Um, but probably the the closest competitor to that has to be the very. Have you finished it, Sam? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the, yeah, the, the at in the, the car end at of, the end. Yeah, like yeah. the coming back from the Giants game, driving home, 
And like, first of all, like after getting destroyed for no reason, right? Because you lost. Um, And then driving home, going over the three biggest mistakes in your head as you're driving home. And then you're like, oh, I got to like bathe the kids, put them away, read them, you know. Mm-hmm. He's a praying guy, so he prays with them, you know, at the end. Like, and the kid being like, and, and the mom being like, did you watch the game? Yeah, we won. No, we didn't suck. No. Like, oh, <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Man. That my yep. car ride felt like the only time in the whole documentary where Kirk legit forgot that there was a camera there. Like that felt like a, the kind of candid conversation that was like actually the real way that they will discuss a loss afterwards. Yeah, that's like that's heartbreaking, man. Yeah. And then his wife just tossing in, "Oh, it's trash night." Hey, that was life just, goes on. That was a that yeah. was a really good thing to keep in the edit, right? Uh-huh. Just like I love, I love, like yeah. Life continues apace. Sorry, absolutely love that. Yep. yep. Yeah. Get over it. Um, Y'all got work on morning. And maybe I wasn't savvy enough to detect it, but like I didn't realize when the first episode or the first scene of the first episode was him reading the book. Right. I didn't. I didn't realize that was that was the the post game story. Yeah, Yeah. that was good. Good work on Netflix part. Um. Yep. Loved. Loved the show. I thought it was really well done. On for sure, Mahomes and Cousins part. I think that Mariota maybe ended up being a little bit of a dud from my perspective. Um, but if they do this every year, it's it's gold. Um, and I think that Netflix I mean, is Patrick kind of Mahomes figured it out. Production company was involved with it, so it would be. You're probably not going to do Mahomes again. It's so. Mahomes every year and two no, other guys. They just they announced they're doing the women's soccer team. I don't know if it's the same thing, but that's like the next sports documentary that Netflix is. It is the one that Brittany owns? Co-owns? No, like Megan Rapino and. The oh, like the U.S. Team? women's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So, the, oh, it'd be, oh, it'd be her and last Alex year. Alex Morgan too. and Alyssa Thompson. Because, because Megan just announced her retirement, so it'd be like her last year too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I mean, Netflix has figured this out though, right? Like Drive to Survive, Full Swing, Point Break. I think I, they're all renewed. Like, I think they're I all struggle to argue that Netflix has figured anything out. Password sharing bit. Yeah, not going to comment on that, but I... Not, not I even that, that, but like successful shows they will cancel, right? So like not to get too in the weeds, but like um, obviously we, there's a whole writer's strike. I'm not going to talk about that, although that is like very relevant, but rather that like Netflix will see a successful show, offer everybody raises, people sign on to those raises. Those raises are not guaranteed, right? And then they will cancel the show and take the tax losses. Like which ends up being better for their bottom line. HBO does this more aggressively than Netflix, but Netflix cancels successful shows all the time. So no, Netflix has not figured it out. All right, well, let's soften it a bit. For the moment, in this snapshot in time, Netflix has cornered the market on in-depth sports documentaries documentaries about the the players. You know what I also appreciated about quarterback, last thing? I appreciated that there wasn't like a voice of God narrating you through every obvious detail. Like this was the problem with the, uh, the golf one is they were like a a birdie is when you are one stroke below par. (laughs) The cut is when you do not make the top 50 in the tournament. Like the most obvious terminology that golf fans groan having to hear every episode. They didn't have that in this show. They didn't have a segment where Justin Jefferson is the Vikings pro bowl receiver. He was drafted in 2020, and he is do, very do you, good. Do you at dislike it when Hard Knocks does that? Um, I think they handle I mean, it pretty well in Hard Knocks. They're just th- like, there's a way to do narration. Well, if okay, like, but yeah, well, like, well, there's a way not to do narration though. Because when they did introduce AJ Watt for like the Texans Hard Knocks thing, they had a narration, but he comes off looking like a god, which is what they're going for, and I think it works. But the narration was like a critical component of that. Um, I think Hard Knocks uses the narration to introduce an element or a player that they're going to then feature their personal life. So that's like how they. Oh, set so you the mean like? Uh, so you mean like you don't want like a touchdown is when you score six points and you have an opportunity yeah. to score. Like, okay, I get it. Uh, it. I find that interesting because the the some of the conversation on Twitter has been like uh, quarterback is like very like there's too much. It's just it's holding your hand. Anybody who seriously knows football. We'll get nothing out of this, which is just like 
a weird conversation, I think, to have. Yeah, I mean, Luke, that is you an saw insane this. take. Yeah, but it's just like anybody who knows so those football are people that don't like and, football. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, okay, I understand like if you're a little bit less interested in the human interest side of football, literally, that's me. I, I'm just and not. It, it's all as... fantasy people saying that, which they are. I mean, it's a stock game to them. Like, yeah, it's just, but it's just so weird. It's like, okay, I get that you're not impressed with what is essentially a parlor trick for quarterbacks to recite like long plays or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it is both a genuine skill and a parlor trick, you know? Um, and I get that you're not impressed by that, but it's like the idea that the average football fan would not enjoy that is crazy to me. There are like high school coaches that I follow on Twitter that have been since it came out being like, oh, this is a fun play that they said. This is a fun, like a huge, like huge threads of all of the yeah. different cool play calls that they got to. As, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, Twitter's going to be all over these play calls. Yeah. Coach Twitter's yeah. going to define every single word they hear in this. Yep. Yeah. It's going to be great. <laughs> So, yeah, it's it's interesting that you say that because it feels like there are some people that thought it did hold your hand throughout the entire process. And I'm sure there's other people on the other side that feel like they didn't explain enough to me. I was very it felt very weird going into the Colts game, not fully knowing the stakes or something like that. Interesting. Um, And maybe there's probably a cross section of fans that would have wanted more of that. I I didn't feel the need for them to introduce, I guess, every character. Like, I didn't need them to tell me, this is Andy Reid, the Chiefs coach, and this is why he's important. This is, like, where Kevin O'Connell came from. I was fine with them omitting the superfluous characters' details and just focusing on the subject, the quarterback. That was fine with me. Um, They didn't waste time that way. They kept it moving, focused on the subject. That's my point. It was tight storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. Not always, you know, narratively or chronologically kind of linear, but that was okay. I think they did a good job. That was a bit, was a well. bit jarring. In fact, I think if they had narrated it with, with um, you know, their, you know, six and two heading into this game, which you did see like a Chiron mm-hmm. telling you kind of yeah. the records of the team sometimes. But if they had narrated and drawn attention to it, it would have made the fact that it wasn't entirely linear, I think, a little bit more obvious and it would have taken you out a little bit more. Of yeah, story. they they really, they kind of glossed over the Vikings getting from two to one to six and one. Like they didn't that. have the London game at all. I was like, Hey, that's my moment. Yeah, this is the last time I covered this team as a beat reporter mm-hmm. uh, that season. And I unfortunately was fairly a dominant voice in the Kirk Cousins press conference. <laughs> yeah. None of us I, made it. I, I didn't intend to. Yeah. I was, I was kind of, I mean, selfish, but like I was kind of hoping I was only there for the first four weeks. I was kind of hoping to make it. Chris Thomason gets in there several times, and we're left in the cold. Yeah, Bunch Reggie had an appearance. Judd had appearances. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Little Dan um, Barrario. Yeah. Bur- Barrario. Barrario. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll go with that. Yeah. Yep. yep. We love Barrario tacos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a um, local Minnesotan. I'm familiar with him. <laughs> Luke Inman rejoins the program uh, on Thursday's show with Luke Braun and Arif Hassan. Make sure you check out Locked on Vikings, Luke Braun's daily podcast, and Arif Hassan's work at Pro Football Network. And thank you for watching and listening to today's Minnesota football party. We are going Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays in our Locked on Sports Minnesota roundtable with Ron Johnson and Reggie Wilson. That's on Fridays. Content every day here on this network. Thanks so much for watching. Thanks, Luke. Thanks, Arif. I'm Sam Ekstrom saying goodbye for today on the Minnesota Football Party.